Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Damien Barr, welcoming you to another Salon Exclusive, where you get to be the very first people in the whole wide world to hear about the upcoming books that we are most excited about. Set in the early 20th century in the ancient city of Smyrna, The Silence of Scheherazade by Daphne Suman is a powerful novel. The story follows the intertwining fates of a Levantine family, Greek family, a Turkish family and an Armenian family as their peaceful multicultural city is ripped apart by the dissolution of the Ottoman Empire. And that's a period I am always fascinated to read more about. I remember it was the setting for Middlesex um, and it's this place and time that Louis de Bernier writes about in Birds Without Wings which is an absolutely terrific novel so I'm really excited about getting into this one. The book was first published in Turkey and Greece in 2016 and we are very excited to be able to celebrate Daphne's English language debut. The prose is beautiful, the drama is huge, it's unflinching and here is Daphne to read us an extract. Hello, I'm Daphne Suman, and I'm thrilled to be reading exclusively for listeners of Demian Barr's Literary Salon from my new book, The Silence of Shehrazad. This reading is about the Great Fire of Smyrna that took place in September 1922. You will meet two characters, a 17-year-old Greek girl whose name is Panayota, and a Turkish soldier whose name is Hilmi Rahmi, and that's the scene where they meet for the first time. It's the time of the war between Greece and Turkey. It's the end of the war, and Turkey has victory and is about to capture the city of Smyrna, which is in flames, and all the Christian refugees from the nearby villages and the Christian populations of the Smyrna are trying to escape before the Turkish army enters. So they are piled up in the famous key of the cosmopolitan town. So here's a short reading for you. Panayota ran into the heart of the fire. She ran and ran and ran. At first, she ran slowly. She felt sick. Her lungs were choked with smoke and she had to stop the cough. Nails and shards of glass sliced through her barefoot. Then her lungs cleared and she ran faster, faster, becoming one with her surroundings, losing herself in the light, the noise, the wind. Her legs, which had felt as heavy as an ingot under the thick blanket of soil, now felt as weightless as a feather flying her forwards, on and on. The streets to her right and left glowed orange. The sky was a copper bowl. The skirt of her dress caught fire at Tarjuman Street. Flames licked her legs, but she didn't feel them any longer. Nothing got through to her, not the stench, nor the din, nor the horror. She was going to die. Oh, Mother Mary! What a great relief it was to have accepted death. If only she'd known this earlier. Some of the streets to her right, lined with warehouses, hadn't been touched by the fire's deadly tongues. 
but she didn't even consider going down them. There was no stopping her now. She had become the wind. She was Smyrna's mischievous wind, smelling of roses, salt and seaweed, a cure for all ills. What gentle comfort the prospect of imminent death brought amid such horror. If only she could tell the crowds on the quay to quickly surrender themselves to death. Death was freedom. A building collapsed to her left, scattering sparks into the sky like fireworks. Without slowing down, Panayota glanced over at the sign on what remained of its wall. It was one of those fashionable boutiques. Goodbye furs and muffs and lacy underwear and hats from Paris. May all the stuff that had promised a happier life burn in this hell. There was only one happy life, and that life was in the little house with the blue door. It was hidden in the pot of beans they dipped their bread in. It was sitting at Katina's knees on the couch by the bay window. It was in Grocer Akis's spice-scented hands caressing her chin, in the brief touch of Stavros's knee under the table. Since that life had now disappeared, let all the hats, corsets, muffs, cafes and hotels with ballrooms burn. Let them all turn to ashes. A cold black horse thundered out of a side street. With his legs aflame, he looked like a mythical creature. Like Panayota, he too was galloping into the heart of the fire. Seeing her, she reared. They ran together down Bella Vista Avenue, which had become a corridor of fire. Panayota, Panayota, found she could run as fast as the horse. Oh my God, of course, Vevea, she was the queen. She was Smyrna, the single-breasted Amazon warrior who had founded the city 4,000 years ago. This was, of course, the horse that Smyrna had ridden bareback. After thousands of years, they had found each other. Without slowing, she turned and smiled at the horse. The horse neighed. They were united, complete. If she were to get on his back, she would feel even more complete. She laughed out loud. The creature, half horse, half fire, and the goddess, with skirts ablaze, burst onto the bright orange key at Bella Vista at the same moment. Their faces were crimson, and white halos encircled their heads. People screamed at the sight of them and huddled even closer. There was nowhere to escape to. The incandescent pair reached the middle of the quay and stopped, glancing first at the dark water and then at each other. The girl smiled. The horse neighed. The decision had been made. As one they moved towards the water. Hilmirahmi pulled at his horse's reins. It resisted, whinnying, but the colonel paid no attention. He was staring at the mythical pair as if bewitched. 
Never in his life had he encountered such beauty. Unbelievable as it may have been, when the fire horse and the girl with her skirts ablaze appeared, the air no longer stank of scorched flesh, but was fused with the scent of burnabut jasmine. It seemed that, amid the monster conflagration swallowing his beloved city, there was still a place for hope and beauty. Thanks be to God. Hilmi Rahmi's soul brimmed over with gratitude, his heart with love. If God was taking everything from him and offering him in return only this one scene to watch for eternity, he had no hesitation in consenting. The fire horse and the girl with her skirts ablaze must have come from another world, perhaps like the phoenix born from its own ashes. Maybe they were angels sent from Allah to put an end to this mad massacre. For there was not a trace of fear or pain on either of their faces. The girl with the crown of sparks around her head was more enchanting than an angel and was smiling at the horse. But what could one say about the smile on the horse's face? The horse, scattering fire, moved towards the sea. The people on the quay cried out and raised their arms in alarm. The girl ran after it. The flames had spread from her skirts to her arms and hands to her hair and her shawl. She did not notice. Hilmi Rahmi spurred his horse forward. Everyone turned and stared at the cavalry officer galloping toward the girl. She flew over an old man lying on the ground. With scorched hands, she gathered her burning skirts. Her legs were festering wounds. The soldier's eyes shone as if it lit by electricity. People moved aside. The girl lifted her bare, bloodied foot and leapt into the darkness, ready to join her beloved horse, already deep in the murky water. Everyone watched as the girl hung in the air like a bird of fire suspended over the ghastly sea. And then, through the gloom, an arm reached out. The bird of fire was caught mid-air. Paying no mind to the flames which leapt at his skin from wasted grass, Hilmi Rahmi threw Panayota across the back of his horse. The animal tried to buck the flaming creature off his back. Panayota screamed with all her strength, Ohi! The crowd closed their eyes. Do not be afraid. Min fovate, kalaise, do not fear me. As they galloped away, the hundreds of thousands on the quay parted just as the Red Sea waters had parted for Moses. The mothers and fathers who were watching all had the same thought. If that soldier had grabbed someone else's daughter, then their own daughter was safe for now. 
Ashamed of themselves, they turned and stared at the black sea that had silently closed over the firehouse. Thank you so much for listening. What a scene. I could feel the heat of the city burning all around me. The book is published by Head of Zeus and it's available now in all good bookshops and it really is a window into a lost world. Buy it from your lovely local indie or get a copy from our online bookshop at bookshop.org where we've got whole lists of recommendations for you. So plenty to be getting on with for your summer reading. If you want to hear more from us, then why wouldn't you? Please check out our newsletter. You can subscribe on our website. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again soon and happy reading.